let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is American Financing. Love American Financing because they are the uh, group that uh, in 2007 called me and tried to get me to uh, endorse them. And I said, no, I don't do uh, mortgage companies. Why not? Do you listen to the show? Yes, but we're not like that. Yeah, uh, I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, I said, call me after the crash and let me see how how well your uh, people did. Well, they called me right after the crash, and their people didn't lose their homes because they hadn't jammed them into mortgages that didn't make sense for them. These are the people you can trust to get you into the right mortgage. It's AmericanFinancing.net. You need to buy a house? You need a new mortgage? You do it now. AmericanFinancing.net or call 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. of entertainment and enlightenment this is the oh my the stew we've got a real presidential race full of young vibrant Mm. new kind of thinkers yeah because marx is super new he's a new super new Mm -hmm. and speaking of the word new guys who knew marx are now (laughs) in the race we have biden He's, no, he's not in yet. Well, he's coming. You know he's coming. We don't he know was, yet. Yes, he was in Germany bad-mouthing America. That is exactly what Barack Obama did. <laughs> That's what you do, man. Uh, and, of course, the one, the only, Bernie Sanders. Ooh. Wait until you hear his new ideas. <sighs> you thought the new Green Deal was a big deal. No, a fresh start for America. We get into that in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So a survey finds that two-thirds of adults still battle a recurring pain as a result of an injury suffering dur- suffered during high school. That's my broken heart. Oh, man. Every once in a while. Oh, that high school injury. I didn't play any sports, but oh, I loved a lot and lost. Mm, yeah. Yeah. If you have... Um, if you have chronic pain, if you have pain, I mean, since high school, a third of people here in America from running, weightlifting, awkward golf swings <laughs> that no, that's not awkward. That is my golf swing. Uh, errant softballs, bike crashes, whatever it is, th- uh, uh, um, uh, a third of people say they still feel that pain. Get out of pain. Relief factor. It has worked for me. Now it works for about 70% of the people. So 70% of the people find the relief from this all-natural, it's not even a drug, this all-natural medicine that helps uh, reduce the inflammation in your body, which is what really causes the pain. I want you to go to relieffactor.com right now. That's relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. You want to reduce your pain? Well, you could not listen to Bernie, Bernie Sanders' platform here in a minute, or you could try Relief Factor. One of those is doctor recommended. The other one is really not a good idea because it's just too much fun. Get rid of your pain now. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Bernie Sanders, bring him on. I'm so excited, Stu. I'm so excited. Bernie Sanders is now in the race. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Now, 
He's got an exciting platform. We go now to our on-the-scene reporter. Right across <laughs> the desk is Stu Brigier. Mm. Stu. Now, his aides are saying he has a couple of things he wants to do as part of this uh, presidential campaign. One, he's got to go to potty a lot. He's got to go to the potty. Unless, uh, well, unless the, the adult diapers are, are freshly changed. Well, that's, that's, not, that's not even nice to joke about that. What do you mean? Well, someday you'll be wearing adult diapers, and we'll I, be joking about that. I didn't make one even hint at a joke. You I said he had to go ageism. potty, and I, I said you don't have to go to the potty. You. I thought it was ageism, quite honestly. If you have an adult diaper, the potty is not necessarily a trip you need to make as <laughs> okay, often. Okay, all right. That's all. Okay, all right. he wants to do Medicare for All. We Medicare for All. Now, th- again, I point this out. Every single candidate in this race wants to do Medicare, Medicare for All. Mm-hmm. Not the case quite recently. In fact, you might think to yourself, wasn't Barack Obama a progressive liberal president? Well, uh, when he was president, Bernie Sanders introduced Medicare for All and got zero co-sponsors. Zero. Mm-hmm. He was the only one interested in doing Medicare for All publicly in 2013. Sure. The, now, the, the rest, it was Marxist nonsense. They're not going for that. They're never going to go for that. Yep. How dare you even suggest that, you racist? Medicare for All, which means we get rid of all uh, private insurance. So you don't, you yeah, don't have your... There's a couple different spins on it. There's the one Kamala Harris talked about getting rid of all private insurance. Mm-hmm. Some candidates are supporting a version like Medicare for all, where it would just be available to everyone. Sure. Okay. So it's like France. Everybody has uh, Medicare uh, in France or whatever they call it over there. Oh, you sick. You get this. Uh, But everybody also gets to on top of the high taxes. They also get to buy insurance to cover for the stuff that Medicare for all, you know, doesn't cover. Yeah. So it's a it's a double blessing it's it is a blessing i think that's the right word for it yeah. and we should say that it is important for medicare for all to happen to cure our horrible health care system currently known as obamacare the last thing they told us was going to cure our horrible health care system remember it hasn't been repealed it's still in effect the thing they're all running against is the thing they all told us was the cure last time mm-hmm Remember that when they start saying of all when they start listing all the problems, because mm-hmm. what they're going to say is, well, Trump has gutted it. I mean, look, the only thing really we've seen a couple of, of regulation changes. The biggest thing being that they zeroed out the penalty if you don't have health insurance, mm-hmm. which I like. I'm a fan of. However, the problem with the way they did it was they just zeroed out the penalty, but the penalty is still there. So the next, you know, next time the Democrats have control, they can just non-zero out the president, the, 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 uh, the penalty. They didn't get rid of the mandate. They mm-hmm. just zeroed the penalty. So in theory, what you're supposed to do is actually have health insurance. Mm-hmm. If you don't, mm-hmm. you have to pay a you're against the law, mm-hmm. but you have to pay a zero dollar penalty. Right, right. It's a weird way they did it. And it's okay. going to go away as soon as Democrats get control. OK, so basically we're in Obamacare. And yes. that's what they're complaining about. Got it. Next up. Green yes. New Deal. Green New Deal. Yes. They, uh, all of it. Green New Deal. Green New Deal. So Medicare for all and the Green New Deal. Now, the Green New Deal, obviously, you've probably seen the uh, FAQ that was uh, posted by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's team, which said things like, everyone gets a job even if they're unwilling to work. They get paid basically universal basic income. Um, That is not necessarily what he's saying here. He's saying Mm -hmm. the proposed bill, that uh, the resolution that went through, Mm -hmm. and the resolution basically says... 
every green dream you've ever heard of uh, from uh, Democrats. Okay. It's not, but it doesn't say some of the things that were in that FAQ, to be clear. Okay. $15 minimum wage. $15 minimum wage Mm -hmm. countrywide. Yep. So if you live in New York, it's still not a livable wage. If you live in, you know, uh, outback Wisconsin, it's uh, sweet living. Sure. You yeah. can't. No business can run. Right. If they give less than $15 as a minimum right. wage, okay, which, good. of course, as we've seen in even in high price areas like Seattle has yeah. destroyed industries yes, um, and, and destroyed really profitable and, and not good working out for Seattle. No. Yeah. Uh, criminal justice reform. Now, we just passed criminal justice reform. But if you listen to the people who wanted criminal justice reform, they were very clear. This was just a first step. I believe the act was called the First Step Act. Uh, so there's plenty more to come. I think what the the end game here is: if you haven't committed a crime, you go to prison. If you have committed a crime, you're you're, out. you're, let, you're set free. Good. They're just going to reverse the walls. Well, the it's going to th- be like uh, Superman in Superman Two, mm-hmm. where he reverses. He goes inside the little protective thing and reverses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, the get the kryptonite to the outside, right? So that Zod gets hit with it. Right. It's just like that. That's criminal right. justice reform in okay, the future. Good. Here. I like this. I like this. <laughs> and and now with all of the you know big state regulation, mm-hmm. we're all criminals and we've all committed a crime. We just don't know it yet. Yes. So we might as well all go to prison sure all right let's make it fun number five free college free college yes that's always fun now of course we've seen the cost of that uh is is pretty it's pretty high um (laughs) it's gonna get even better Mm -hmm. once the government is involved Mm -hmm. it's gonna get better you don't you think oh i I mean think about it this way think about it this way. and they are already heavily involved by the way yeah Mm -hmm. um if you think about it this way where you've got a uh, you've got a college system that would be run by the U.S. government, uh, and you're expecting that college to teach the Constitution and to teach the, teach the founding documents, which says you should be very skeptical of the government. You shouldn't trust the government. You shouldn't give the government more power. Of course, the people who are paying for that, they want that stuff taught. Right. They oh, want yeah. that stuff mm-hmm. taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be good. It's going to work out well. Mm-hmm. So free college, again, mm-hmm. the reason why the cost of college is so high yes. is because the government is involved in the lo- on the loan side, guaranteeing very low cost loans to people that they run up and then theoretically try to pay back for the rest of their lives. Sure. Theoretically. Uh, theoretically. Uh, I, breaking up the biggest banks. Bra- mm-hmm. Breaking up banks. Yes. Now, surely there will be a cost to that as well. Um, And, of course, there will also be massive uh, problems with the government invading into private business. No, there's not. No, there's not. These these guys who are running the banks, you know, the five biggest banks mm -hmm. in the world, Mm -hmm. there is is absolutely no power there. There's no power to do anything or fight back government. You know, it's like... Google. What is Google going to do if they're like, hey, you're going to stop doing these things? What? Are they going to track politicians and find out all their dirty secrets and threaten to expose them? No. No. Google doesn't do that kind of stuff. No. And big banks and, you know, global economies running on the backs of these banks. There's no one in the world that has incentive or enough power to hurt a socialist federal government from stopping the banks and breaking them up. Mm. There's no, no one. No one. No one. No one. Okay, next up is uh, gender pay equity. 
Now, interesting thing about gender is I think it's the most, simultaneously, the most important thing in the world and also the least important thing in the world. Yes, yes. You're not supposed to notice anybody's gender, but also if if you notice the wrong gender, it's basically like holocaust denial it's it's like the worst sort of speech you can holocaust what is that uh there you go um that's i don't that might be on the plan here somewhere but i don't think so (laughs) um but gender pay equity again what you're i guess you're going for an equal pay amendment to do that which is obviously ridiculous because all of the never mind go ahead uh he wants to lower drug prices now uh, Elizabeth Warren had a way to lower drug prices. She's already proposed. We don't know exactly how Bernie wants to do this yet, but uh, hers was that the government would actually have own factories that made pills, and those the the pills would go to oh, compete. Of course, that's what mm-hmm. a, a socialist does: is they control production. That is what a socialist does. That's yes, true. So yes, I would right. assume Bernie's either there or close to there. Well, you're going to mandate that you can't charge Americans uh, more, you know, than, more than what you charge people in Ethiopia, which I think is perfectly fair for a uh, progressive to say. You know, that makes total progressive sense because, for instance, the progressive income tax. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you would never charge you'd people never different charge amounts. people different amounts if they were rich and especially the richest 1%. You, do, you don't charge them different amounts. You charge everybody exactly the same. And uh, and so that's what they're they're suggesting now, seeing that we are the richest 1%, even the poorest among us mm. are the richest 1% of the world. Um, we can't charge Americans the richest 1% more for their drugs we have to charge the same price that we uh, charge in Ethiopia. You know who really benefits from this? Ethiopians. Because certainly a company that needs to make money and need to p- needs to pay for their business, like a pharmaceutical company, is going to just take, let's say they're charging Ethiopia $1, they're charging us 10 They're just going to lower it all to $1. Surely they're not going to start charging Ethiopia and us $7. So then Ethiopians can't get access to drugs. That's a good policy. I really think they should go ahead with that because who needs the Ethiopians? They're just a country way over there. Who cares about people? Another, another global it, it, warming. Oh, yeah. They're all going to get killed by global warming anyway, I guess. Well, no, I, they're contributing to global warming. We can't let them we can't progress. Let them develop, right? Can't let them develop. How many times have we heard that seriously? That's I know, not, you know. I know. Um, Number okay. nine. Uh, expand Social Security. You see, Social Security has been such a huge success. And is always able to pay. For. Now, sir, sure, 90% of people who go into Social Security get more money out of it than they put into it. But let's expand it because it's been working so well so far. And it has only caused uh, just a ch- giant chunk of our multiple trillion dollar debt. Don't worry about it. Our future uh, liabilities, we're up at about $100 trillion right now. Huge chunk of that is Social Security. Don't worry about it. Let's expand it. Yeah, our unfunded liabilities are more than that. More than $100 trillion now? I yeah, mean, it yeah. just depends on what timeline you're giving it, right? Yeah. The bottom line is it's negative every year, so we could go a 1,000 years in the future and make that number as big as you want. Go to usdebtclock.org, I think it's org, and, and tell me uh, our debt and our unfunded liabilities. Uh, should we uh, take a break? We have a few more. Oh, and, we have more? Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we have still have, more. let's see, one, okay. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more things. Holy cow, this is quite, and it's cheap, too. That's a good thing for the richest country in a in the world. This is cheap. Why aren't we doing these things? Mm. Continue with Bernie Sanders' platform uh, coming up in uh, just a second. First, we want to tell you a little bit about Liberty Safe. Liberty Safe. You, you, I, I'm telling you right now. You, I bought a little one. The first one I bought was a little one, 
And uh, I was like, I just want to put, you know, my guns in there and, uh, you know, maybe my wallet or, or, you know, our marriage license. It was full within 20 minutes of (laughs) of having just a little closet one. It was absolutely stuffed full. And And I said to my wife, I said, I didn't realize we had so many things laying around that shouldn't be out, you know, papers mainly and photographs and things like that. Things that we just would not want to lose in a fire. So we went and got a bigger safe. That is the number one complaint of Liberty Safe. Is that a sweet problem? I mean, yeah. that's not like that's not like a French food problem where like, you know, the only problem with that is they don't put anything on the plate except a pea and a little bit of steak, about two ounces. That's not it. This problem is it's such a great product and you don't even think about it going in that you don't think I, I, I need a bigger one. That's their biggest complaint. It's Liberty Safe. Best built safes on the planet, bar none. Fire, theft, tornadoes. They got it all covered. LibertySafe.com. Go there now. LibertySafe.com. Uh, we're going to pause for, um, oh, I was supposed to say that the Liberty Safes are on sale now at Cabela's. So you can Not go nice. to Cabela's and get those uh, safes. Uh, LibertySafe.com. Uh, we're going to pause for 10 seconds. Station ID. Our uh, unfunded liabilities, $122 trillion. Oh, so it's only off by $22 trillion. Yeah. Yeah. That's no big deal. Come yeah, on. It isn't. It isn't. I mean, you, you're just calling me out for no reason on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up on the uh, Bernie Sanders plan for America, mm-hmm. save unions. Save. Now, people are clamoring. I assume this isn't a religious thing. Um, he is. You are saved. You are saved unions. AFL CIO, <laughs> put your hands on the radio right now. <laughs> Teamsters of America, you are saved. Uh, yeah, he wants to save unions, which I again, we don't know exactly what that means or what that would cost. It's, it mm-hmm. could very well cause mm-hmm. uh, some sort of government matching mm-hmm. type of situation. Also, could be attempting to reverse the recent Supreme Court ruling in some way. We'll see where that one goes. So can I, can I interrupt mm-hmm. here for a second? I have to tell you, last night I was doing homework with my son, and uh, uh, he is uh, now currently in the progressive era. Mm, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in the progressive era, and he said, he, this is honestly what he said. Hey, Dad, um, I need to make some 3D objects. And I said, okay. He said, for history. And I said, oh, okay. Sure. Uh, what do you need? What are you going to do? And he said, well, I want to build a bomb. I said, excuse me? He said, I'm studying uh, uh, Sacco and Vicente, or Sacco and, is it, no, it's Van Chant, I can't remember the guy's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two guys in the progressive era that, you know, were, were, were robbers that took money so they could take the money and give it to all of the anarchists to build bombs. Right. It's the Red that, Square yeah. 19, or mm-hmm. Red Scare of 1920. So last night, I find myself helping my son do research on on how they made the bombs back then and then make a, a facsimile of that bomb with the string running inside and everything else. Then he had to make three. And I said, okay, so what's the next one? He said, well, I want to do it on uh, propaganda and how propaganda changed uh, the world. And I said, oh, 
And I told him the story of Edward Bernays and the cigarettes and what he did with the ladies as they were trying to get the vote and hike up their dresses in the parade. Do you remember that? Yep. And they would hike up their dresses and in their garter they would have cigarettes. Women didn't smoke because it was a phallic symbol. Uh, and so he said, when you're going to get, I'm going to have the right where the judges are. I'm going to have all the reporters there. What I want you to do is as you're going for women's suffrage, I want you to stop and I want you to hike up your dress and in your garter, I want to, you're going to have a cigarette and a match and you're going to light it. You're going to put it in your mouth and then you're going to light it. And then you're going to hold that up like the torch of the statue of Liberty. He killed two birds with one stone he was working for a tobacco company, but he was also working for the women's suffrage movement and how it changed. So I built a bomb with my son, and then I uh, talked to him about the uh, the phallic symbol of the cigarette <laughs> and uh, and uh, and and the and the women hiking, hiking up their skirts. Women hiking up their skirts, and so he went in and he said, "Hey, mom, I, I need a garter belt." And my wife said, "Excuse me." <laughs> And I said, she said, I need, he said, I need a garter belt. And uh, she said, well, I don't happen to have one, uh, son. And uh, she said, what are you two doing? And so he explained to her and she said, oh, I think you can get those at Hobby Lobby. Last night was, a, I was living in a world I didn't even understand. <laughs> Hobby Lobby? Sells- Hobby Lobby? When did Hobby Lobby start to carry that? I don't know. She said she thought that they might be in like a marriage aisle or a wedding aisle or something like that. Hmm. I'm like, okay, I officially, I'm making bombs with my son and uh, buying, uh, uh, you know, sexual uh, things uh, at Hobby Lobby. World makes sense. That sure. does make a lot of sense. I actually think your your kids are going to be really bad at history. What? I actually, I was thinking about this the other day. You, you, your career has basically been made at, at finding these little nuggets of history that nobody knows and they don't teach in school. So unless you, the person teaching happens to be a, you know, a, a fan of your show, the whole point of these shows being successful was that the history teachers weren't teaching it. So when you pull out these little stories from history, they're, unless they go and check them all, which you know they're not going to do. Which, if he gets, because uh, I will check <laughs> it, if he gets a mark down on that history, oh, we're going to have a little talk with the history. You didn't make that. Really? Because here are all the footnotes. Here's where you can find it. What part is not accurate? I'm a nightmare history teacher's worst nightmare. I drilled him last night, man. He knows it. Nice. He knows it. All right. Back in a minute. The rest of Bernie Sanders' platform. You're listening yeah. to Glenn Beck. All right. I want to talk to you about a cyber criminal that hangs out at a coffee shop. You go in there. You're on Starbucks. You just uh, log on to their Wi-Fi, and he is just sitting there. He's not doing work. Well, he is doing work. His work is to steal your information. He can now get your passwords, credit card numbers, private photos, financial statements, tax return, just with your social security number. These are the targets. A public Wi-Fi is the problem. It's public. You don't, even if it has a password, it's public. You need a Norton Secure VPN, uh, a virtual private network. 
uh, Norton Security VPN, easy to use. It installs on your laptop and your mobile device. You log in once after you install it, and it immediately provides you with more online privacy and security than I think you've ever had. Prices start about three thirty-three a month. This is something that everyone should have. Camouflage your connection using Norton Secure VPN. It's Norton.com. We have more of Bernie Sanders' platform he's announced for president. We're going to go over the rest of it, including Pat Gray in the conversation. He comes up next on the Glenbeck Program. Why pay your hard-earned money to join an organization that fought for a government-run health care system and stood against tax cuts for middle-class Americans and small business owners? That's AARP. Join AMAC, the conservative alternative. Same money-saving benefits of AARP without the liberal agenda. Stand with AMAC as they fight the good fight. Become a member today. Join now at amac.us slash USA. amac.us slash USA. America's march to socialism continues. The fundamental transformation of America, where we've got Medicare for all. This is Bernie Sanders' new platform. Medicare for all, Green New Deal, $15 minimum wage. Criminal justice uh, reform, part deux. Free college, breaking up the banks. Uh, Gender pay equality, lower drug prices, expanding social security, and the all-important save unions. (laughs) We're only halfway there. Uh, Pat Pat Gray joins us now from the uh, Pat Gray Radio Extravaganza uh, and uh, Puppet Show. It's great. You don't want to miss it. Now with puppets. And some of them are brand new. Really? Yeah. It's weird that you had yeah. a, you called it the puppet show and previously did not have puppets. That's no, radio. Right. Nobody knew. Oh, yeah. But now, now because have, but now he, there's actual puppets. Yeah. Now he really believes in this and he mm-hmm. wants to make sure that his actions are backing up that promise. He has mm-hmm. real felt puppets. Nice. It's like when a when an organic food contains uh, real flavors instead right. of artificial. That's right. kind of what the right. actual puppets are. <laughs> yeah. <now>. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's important. Uh, so go ahead. Mm-hmm. Do you have a Bernie Sanders puppet yet? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just added it today. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Uh, paid leave. Paid leave. Now, we assume that has something to... I mean, now, that's governmental paid leave? Or yes. Or you're going to well, demand that the corporations provide paid leave? It's going, we don't know the actual details of that. Okay. Um, but we, mm-hmm. we do remember that this cost, uh, you know, multiple billions of dollars per year. About, you know, some of these do have some support across Do, do you know lines. that there's, there's companies already offering paid leave to the husbands, to mm-hmm. the fathers? I, I, I was in Utah a couple of weeks ago, and uh, my son-in-law's brother was on paid leave because they just had a baby. Five months for the father. Five months. Paid wow. leave. But, I mean, that's a corporation choosing the, to do yeah, that. Sure. I'm stuffing one of the kids back into Tanya. Right? Pulling them out. <laughs> I said, I Every have, six months. Look, we got another one. I'd have a baby a year at that rate. <laughs> I would have a, I'd have two babies a year. I'd be, I'd be for polygamy so I could have two babies a year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, she, uh, that plan has been scored as well. I mean, we've talked about some of these. Really, he's starting at the $32 trillion He's everything in that $32 trillion estimate that came out a few months ago mm-hmm. is in this plan. And there's a lot more. I will say, though, you know, you have some of these that have support across party lines. Like, you know, Donald Trump obviously supported the criminal justice reform. He just mm-hmm. signed that in. Yep, yep, yep. He's also talked about breaking up the banks. He's talked mm-hmm. about paid leave. He's talked about lowering the drug prices well, and also expanding Social Security. Obviously, the plans are different on how to get there. But some of these things will, I think, score fairly well with the pop with the population. 
Until they fight out the cost of them. Yeah. And that's when it breaking gets up, up the banks is something that we, we should have gone this direction after 2008. Instead, the Democrats and and uh, and uh, Barack Obama and even George Bush decided to consolidate power and made the banks even bigger. Yeah, remember the whole thing was too big to fail. This is a problem. Let's make them bigger. Well, how about we make them smaller? Uh, and so we just made this. So it's we should be going in that direction. But uh, what does that mean for Bernie Sanders, a socialist? Something that's not good. Right. Uh, Dream Act and going Dream into effect Act. if Bernie Sanders gets his way. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, universal background checks for Ooh. your guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, an assault weapons ban, which is an amazing one they keep asking for, purely because, you know, they did it already and it didn't work. Right. Right. Like that's a, such a strange right. one. Well, it's a new for. idea. No, right. It's a yeah. new idea. They just it, didn't it, do it right. It was in effect for ten years, no, and it showed no advantage whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It did mm-hmm. not stop any murders. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Yeah, but okay. Uh, affordable housing. Affordable housing. What does that mean? I mean, I'm surprised not to see the word free before housing. Mm-hmm. But affordable housing. I guess if you have no money, is would be free. Um, we don't know how much that's going to cost. Again, these are just outlines, mm-hmm. broad, strokes broad strokes from Bernie. Sure. Number 16. New infrastructure. I am so mm. sick of infrastructure. I am oh. sick of it as well. I don't, I don't even know oh. what the infrastructure is that we bought with a trillion dollars and what we're buying this time with another. Ten years ago that we bought. Yeah, ten, ten years, years ago. ago we bought infrastructure for yeah. $780 billion, biggest bill mm-hmm. ever in our lifetimes at the time. Now we've got what? one3 They've been talking. Trillion? Yeah, I know Trump proposed, I think, 1.5 during the campaign. Yeah, Obviously, okay. Democrats want to go to more. They mm-hmm. want more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if infrastructure includes rebuilding every or re- retrofitting every home and every building in America, it could get even more extensive. I just want to know what it is. Well, consider I'm, t- I'm sick and tired of, um, uh, you know, uh, we need uh, we need infrastructure uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, oh. worked on and we need a new an infra- a new infrastructure bill. Well, a how trillion did you get dollars. to work? Didn't you notice all the crumbling bridges? Yeah. No, I, and roadways? I, I just I, I it's strange. There's a lot of new brand new spanking new bridges <laughs> yeah, the, in our area. I mean, yeah, I know Texas had are. a good economy for a while. So, uh-huh. but man, they seem to be able to build them. Yeah, they seem to have no problem with it. Uh, with, by the way, no state income tax, we mm-hmm. should point out. Uh, somehow Texas mm-hmm. is constantly building new roads and everything else with no state income taxes. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle. Uh, but new infrastructure, you know, you're again probably cost, call, looking at a couple trillion dollars extra. And I will say, we already said the new Green Deal is part of this, which, as you point out, Pat, had a retrofitting of every structure, at least in the notes about mm-hmm. the bill, mm-hmm. uh, which would cost more than $32 trillion oh. Dollars oh, by yeah. itself uh, if they actually did it. Uh, opposing the military industrial complex. Now I don't know that that actually, I don't know that that actually costs anything for him to oppose it. Well, supposedly but, he's going to make dramatic cuts to the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd the be budget. a smart thing to do. Yeah, that'd be the smart thing. Yeah, to do. You, you need to. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to spend about a dollar fifty on because we are not. Honestly, <laughs> we are not headed towards war. No, not at all. No, no. the world is what are, fine. Uh, what are you a conspiracy theorist? Where you yeah. think Russia's a problem? <laughs> China. Come on, China? Middle East. The 1980s called. They want their foreign policy back. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Man. I nailed him. I nailed him on that one. Um, Legalizing weed. Yeah, that's an important one. Legalize it. 
so that one's that one. I I think that's going to happen. <clears throat> it is uh, very soon. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to. It, it doesn't right. make sense that it is that is uh, legal in states and illegal mm-hmm. by feds. I mean, make a decision one way or another. Mm-hmm. Next Democratic president that has any control will get that done. And I think honestly, a lot of Republican presidents, if Trump were to uh, decide not to run and some other Republican won, mm-hmm. I think there's a good chance even a Republican. I think that horse it. has left the barn. I, I yeah, do too. Is, yeah. And the polling is now. It's just like the. And quite honestly, know, I just don't think it's worth fighting it's just like whatever yeah well i think, I, I, and I, I think honestly kind of it's a it. the federal government shouldn't be involved in that anyway nope uh, in my opinion so L- uh, marijuana was only uh, made illegal because prohibition ended and they had all these atf people uh and they were drug enforcement the the, the uh you know drug enforcement or the alcohol prohibition enforcement team mm-hmm. and so when that went away of course the government didn't shrink again so they made him the atf and that's when they said, oh, and you know what? That bad marijuana, we ought to get that. It was just, it was a job creation bill or a job, uh, uh, a job saving bill for mm-hmm. jobs in the federal government. And it's basically legal in half the states right now yeah. anyway. Every, you know, every election, a few more states pass it. Uh, but uh, abolishing private prisons. Now, that would be an interesting one because that would definitely cost a considerable amount of money. Some people do uh, think of that, that as a priority. The idea being that these evil ca- capitalist companies are trying to get more people in prison just to pay their bills. Well, I will tell you this. It really makes an awful lot of sense. When you abolish private prisons, um, that takes away anyone you can run to. So in other words, mm-hmm. uh, if it's run by the government, you can't go to the government and say, look at the abuses happening here because they are the police. They don't care. They don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. They're not going to change it. I mean, that's the one thing I don't understand. How do you think that things are not going to get out of hand and be really, really nasty when you're you're asking for the uh, the um, socializing of all of these corporations and all of these things? You take drugs over. Who do you think is going to watch the quality of the drugs? The FDA is going to find themselves. You, you really think that they're going to care? No. They make a mistake. They kill a bunch of people. What are they going to do? Be put out of business? Of course not. It's the government. I had to mail a package at the post office, yeah. and they have the little automated machine where you can print out your own postage for your package. Yeah. Um, and I went there. This is before um, Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I went there to mail it out in, in November, late November, and the machine was broken. So then I went back the next week in December. And the machine was broken. And then I went back the next week after that, and the machine was broken. And then I got so frustrated, I think I sent it FedEx or something. Mm-hmm. Because, the pro- you know, of course, the only thing that's good about the machine is I can go there in the middle of, the, you know, 10 o'clock at night mm-hmm. when I have time. So, I, uh, the other day, I had to re- ma- mail another package. Uh, still broken. So the machine still the machine has been broken since November. Jeez. Well, you can't get on that right. They're going to get on that though eventually. Get on, yeah. Come on, give them a minute. And number twenty, uh, end cash bail. End, end cash, cash bail. bail. Now I don't know if that costs a weird us problem. Any money. It's a weird. A lot one of people target. have been clamoring for that though. That's all I'm hearing lately is. Can we please end cash bail? Well, actually, you have a bumper sticker on your car that says end cash yeah, bail. It's the I biggest that. one right now. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's very large. It almost covers like your entire door. I don't know how you get in and out. And finally, major police department reform. Oh, good. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. because of that's the brutality of the police and how they, they beat and kill uh, I, minority people. My understanding of the police is the federal government doesn't have all that much authority over the local police. 
But I hmm. guess they. Well, do. we're going to take it. Well, th- we're going to. They're going to make it th- uh, their their business. Well, they have to. Yeah, they, they have, have to, to make it. They their do business. I mean, it's, it's just so it's so, so out of control. Out of control. Out of control. Yeah. So out of control. So I feel like we're at. I mean, let's just make it a round number and call it a hundred trillion dollars. Oh, um, now I would say, what are you? What are you getting the Kmart special? Because <laughs> some of these are just, uh, you know, they're just unlimited. You can't really. How much does a fifteen dollar minimum wage cost our economy? Who knows? Who I mean, knows? really, uh, and especially if you're guaranteeing that. You know, the, one of the proposals out there is if you are making less than that, people will just be automatically subsidized up to that point. Yeah. Which would be another interesting expenditure that I'm sure would not have any ramifications. Part part of his plan, though, is is to uh, make the estate tax 50% on all estates over $5 million. Now, $5 million, you know, that, well, when that includes all your property and everything you own, that's not an extravagant amount of money. It's good. It's take, really good. It's but, good. But, no, it's good. Most people don't die with $5 million. It's not Bill Gates' money. It's not Bezos' money. It's just, you know, you've done really well. They're going to take half of that after you paid taxes on all of it your entire life. Now we're going to take what you have left and remove half of it from you. And you know what people will do? Give their property away to their children and find ways to put them in trusts. Yeah. Because they'll try to if you have five you million dollars, if you have five million dollars, you don't want someone coming in. And are you okay with somebody coming in on your deathbed in the middle of the night and going, "No, nope. he's got five million dollars in the safe. He's weak." He's he's dying. Let's it's go get it. It's right. immoral. It, you wouldn't. Have, you would. You would protect it from robbers. Well, mm-hmm. what is the federal government? You're dying. That's mm-hmm. what you built to pass on to your children, and right. they're going to take half of it. Screw you. Rich people will not put up with it. No, and, and, they and, and it'll pass. It'll pass, and they won't say anything. They'll just lobby and find a way that the average person couldn't do. They will just mm-hmm. find a way right. around it or move. Or move. By the way, the average home cost right now is four hundred thousand dollars for a new home. So, but you know, how long is five million dollars? Is a lot of money now. I mean, in 30, 40 years, is it a lot 30, of money? Forty years? Are you kidding me? With the way we we're going to be printing money here soon, no. five million dollars. It's going to come fast. It's going to come very fast. Look how much the property is worth in Venezuelan money. <laughs> All right, let me talk to you about Brickhouse Nutrition. Their product, Field of Greens. You know, this is a this is a company uh, that uh, was started because it, it's it, it was a uh, the guy who started it was a guy who had been um, he's a health nut. And so he thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to get into nutrition stuff. And then he realized, oh, my gosh, this stuff is all a scam. Huh. It's all a scam. He got out and he was like, I, I actually want nutritionist uh, nutrition stuff i want to take supplements i want to be healthier so he started this company and he got with a a doctor who is working currently on some really game-changing things not for this uh, company but for you know all of the world uh he's a really respected doctor and he came up with field of greens now field of greens is real usda organic fruits and vegetables complete with antioxidants it'll boost your immunity antioxidant power it's prebiotic probiotic and you don't have to eat a salad now you can just put this in you know water you can put it in a drink you can put it in pancakes and my wife says i never notice uh it's <laughs> brickhouseglen.com that's brickhouseglen.com get 15 percent off your first order when you use my name glenn a better you awaits 
BrickHouseGlen.com. Offer code Glen. Welcome to the program. Um, so glad that you're here. Uh, we have uh, Donald Trump on socialism coming up in uh, just a little while. Uh, he was speaking in Florida and he talked about uh, Venezuela and socialism. And he said socialism is about one thing, power for the ruling class. They want the power to decide who wins and who loses, who's up, who's down, and even who lives and who dies. America will never be a socialist country. Hurry, hurry on that one. Um, I'm also interested in talking to Chad Felix Green. He's coming up at the top of the hour. And, and we've been we've been talking about, you know, for instance, uh, the uh, is it Justin? I can never remember. Jesse, 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 Smolliak or whatever it is. Smollett, <laughs> whatever. He's mm-hmm. a big star. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been talking about how the press is. Uh, talking about how these things are going up, all these 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 horrible things, violence against minorities going up. Uh, we have uh, Chad Felix Green on, who is a gay man who did the research on. Mm, is that true entirely? Mm. Gay man, gay journalist, going to tell us about how uh, how hate crimes. I believe it's uh, five out of every one gay people are assaulted on a daily basis. I believe is the stat. He'll tell us all the truth about it. Uh, because hate crimes are constant if you happen to be gay. It never stops. In fact, every day when you walk down the street, 37 hate crimes happen to the average gay person. So we'll get into the stats behind that. I'm, I hope he has pretty the truth. amazing. Pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. the, the truth and, is utterly amazing. Wait till you hear it. By the way, you see that Facebook was banning people who were saying that uh, Jesse Smollett's uh, crime was a hate crime, which is the point I made on television last night. This is a hate crime. He hated white people he hated trump supporters he hated somebody and he decided to make a point isn't this a hate crime making that up you're listening to glenn beck the uh, sponsor of this half hour it's optima tax relief if you have a bad relationship with the irs don't let it drag on you must have people that are on your side and most tax relief uh, companies they they will hire people that used to be with the irs and sometimes those people are looking you know at you like uh you know you're the bad guy because they used to work on the other side of the table Optima Tax Relief does not do that. They know that behind every tax problem, there's a good family and a good person, and that's you. I want you to call them now if you need help with your with IRS problems, 800-699-6140. It's 800-699-6140. Get a free consultation with Optima Tax Relief. You still have options. Call them, 800-699-6140. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If we have learned one thing, we have learned from uh, Jussie Smollett that hate crimes are going through the roof. Hate crime. I mean, even if he lied about this one, we know that hate crimes against gays going through the roof. Or the exact opposite. 
Chad Felix Green. He's a senior contributor of The Federalist. He is also a gay man and a gay journalist. And he looked into the stats and he says, ah, not so fast. We talked to him. An amazing eye-opening interview on hate crimes in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. LifeLock. You know, I remember when this first came out, maybe in the 80s or 90s, and uh, and you, you know, the guy was, the, the owner was like, I'm going to put my social security number on the side of a bus and go ahead, try to steal my social security number. And I remember thinking, you could have mine. Here, take mine. Because uh, I, didn't, I didn't even understand it, and it wasn't as common as it is now, and it's not as easy as it is now. Now they're not just going for your social security number, which would give you access to all of your taxes and everything else. But they take any kind of data, they take anything from you, and it's sold in pieces on the dark web. And that's used to commit ID uh, fraud. Now, ID fraud is a huge problem in America, and it's only going to get worse. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock does uncover those threats that you might miss on your own. Join now. Get 10% off your first year by using promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use the promo code BECK. Get 10% off now at LifeLock.com. Chad Felix Green, I would never introduce you as a gay man and a gay journalist, except in this particular case, because you it gives you the credibility that you just don't hate gay people. Although <laughs> I hear that that is actually a charge that people have leveled against you uh, because of these uh, these stats that you have looked into. Welcome to the program, Chad. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, Chad, tell me what you found when when you look into hate crimes are trending, uh, trending down. Well, since 2010, when uh, hate crimes started to be tracked by the FBI, um, we saw a immediate spike uh, back in 2013. And then ever since, it's really gone down. It fluctuates really by just a few. Uh, between 2016 2017, for example, when they say there was a 17% spike, it changed by 54 incidents. And we have to remember that these are reports. They're not confirmed convictions. Just This just means because, that the FBI received reports. Right. And, and there's a huge difference between a report uh, and a conviction yeah, because Jesse Samala has showed us here in the right. last couple of days. Yeah. I mean, last yesterday I showed all these hate crimes uh, that I think I had 25 of them that the that the media had jumped on and none of them uh, were true. And so that would be included in the hate <laughs> crime statistic. Correct. Correct. That's insanity. <laughs> And hate crimes can be uh, anything reported from somebody stealing um, rainbow flags from residences uh, as a protest to someone finding a swastika on a wall to someone reporting to the police that someone yelled a name at them as they were driving by. Um, Adam Rippon, for example, reported this, that he was walking with his boyfriend in New York City, and some random stranger walked up to him and said that he hated uh, gay slurs and then ran away. Um, if he had reported that to the police, the police would have listed that as a reported anti-gay uh, hate crime. 
You know, it's amazing to me, um, you know, I, I, the, the hateful things that have been said to me uh, on the street, and I would never have run to the police to report them. You just kind of like, yeah, well, okay, everybody has an opinion, and everybody has two armpits. Don't share it with everybody. Um, what, right. exa- what exactly, Chad, is a hate crime? A hate crime uh, is, it, it's different by state, but the essential definition is that it's, uh, they're also called bias crimes. Uh, they were introduced after the Matthew Shepard right. uh, incident. And basically, it's the idea that a person targets a protected class for violence or intimidation or harassment uh, because of their protected class status. And that's evolved now into crimes against persons, property, and society. Okay, so so could you say, would the Jesse Smollett uh, case, w- is that a hate crime? Because he came into it with a bias against Trump supporters, white people. <laughs> is, I mean, isn't that a hate crime? I mean, I think yeah. all crime is hate crime, quite honestly. I mean, right. it's, it, it, I don't care what your motivation is. It's a crime. Um, but yeah, isn't this a hate crime, what he perpetrated? I believe so. Uh, If we look at the law as equally applying to everyone, it should be. Um, Unfortunately, it's not. In my opinion, hate crimes create inequality in the law because they protect certain people. And there's a difference between uh, a racial identifier and a gay identifier. The truth is, is that if you and I were both mugged on the street because I self-identify as a gay man, I would receive more justice, more protection. My crime would be seen as worse having a priority over yours based only on that characteristic. And I don't think that is uh, justified. But you would have to claim that as the victim, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have to claim this was done to me because I was gay? Uh, Yes. Uh, For example, there is a recent... uh, hate crime in Austin that is, um, it's the most recent one that we've seen, where two gay men were leaving a bar at 3 a.m. and a group of men started yelling homophobic slurs at them and they got into a confrontation and then they beat them up badly, ran off, and then now it is referred to as a hate crime. The police have stated that in that area, in Austin, there has been a rise in uh, random targeted attacks at 3 a.m. on that area uh, at night, you know, at that time of night by gangs. Uh, and so there's no indication that they were specifically targeted, but because the people used homophobic slurs while they were attacking, it is now considered a hate crime. And if they're, they're convicted, hate crimes will be added to their sentence which means that they'll get a, a harsher punishment uh, because they use those slurs, not because of what they actually did. Talking to Chad Felix Green from The Federalist. Chad, I mean, the, the, the way that the media portrays this, you know, what, maybe it's half of gay people are victims of, of, gay, uh, of hate crimes. That's what it feels like. Do you have any, any concept of what the percentage is of, of gay people who go through a hate crime in a given year? Uh, yes, um, it's uh, as as a rounded number. It's generally zero point zero zero one percent. As the oh LGBT population has grown uh, from three percent to four point five percent over the years, that has reduced down to zero point zero 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 eight percent of the LGBT population. And that, that's not the population of the country. That's just zero point zero zero eight percent of 
the 15 million LGBT Americans report hate crimes. That doesn't tell us how many experience. Well, they will say the opposite. They will say that it's worse. They just don't report it. Correct. And my answer to that, because that's always a response when we talk about anything where the numbers do not match the narrative, is they say, well, it's underreported. Imagine how many reports it would take to move that one to 0.1% or to 1%. You'd have to multiply the instance by 1,000. You'd have to have 120,000 incidents in a year rather than 1,200, which we currently have. Uh, you couldn't really go any further than that because there's only 15 million LGBT people in America, so you couldn't have any much much higher than that. So we would have to agree that 120,000 people are gay people are attacked intentionally because of their sexuality but fail to report. And I just don't see that as being reasonable based on the fact that every person who reports gets a glowing, shining media uh, experience, um, they are glorified as victims. They are protected. They get interviews. They get GoFundMe money. There's no downside to telling the media that you were a victim of a hate crime or the police. As a gay man, what do you think of the uh, Jesse Smollett case? What do you? But we, there was a Washington Times reporter who said, or not Washington Times, Washington Post reporter yesterday, who said, "I so want this to be true." I want this yeah. to be true because I don't I don't want I don't want real hate crimes dismissed. And so we need this to be true. Right. What's your take on it? When I first saw the story, it had immediate red flags. I think the very first tweet I said was something seems very off about this story. I've been covering uh, hate crimes. Every time there's a big hate crime report, I look into it to see what's happening uh, for years. And I'm accustomed to a huge spike in media reports, and then nothing. What was unique about this was that the police actually continued to investigate and the story continued to move forward, and we found out what happened. But my first response was, when you see a hate crime report and it sounds like a movie, sounds like a TV show, something's wrong. People just do not behave in this way. People do not stalk out on the street wearing political here waiting to see if they come across a gay person uh, and attack them. It's different for Jews. It's different even for black people. The Jews uh, get very targeted hate crimes. But the most, if you look at actual hate crimes for gay people, um, and trans people are a little bit separate because they have a different world of, of uh, sex, sex work and drugs and that sort of thing. But if you look at gay people, they're typically opportunistic crimes. You know, they're leaving a bar at 3 a.m., they get them into a verbal fight with somebody, um, or there are things like, um, uh, I'll give you an example. In 2017, there were 52 murders of LGBT, and 11 of them were done by people that, the, that they knew personally, and 45% of gay male homicide, homicides, so 45% of gay men who are killed, are the result of hookups. They met somebody online, and that person targeted them, targeted them or killed them. And then occasionally that there have been people that have been serial killers who have targeted mm-hmm. gay men specifically for that reason. But my husband and I walking to Walmart are just not going to see somebody in a red hat who yells homophobic slurs at us and beats us up for the fun of it. It just doesn't happen. 
Hmm. All right. I, I want to talk to you. If, if you don't mind, I want to take a quick break and I want to come back and, and talk about also the the stats that you see. The other things they include, include including prison riots. Uh, <laughs> the numbers that we're seeing are so skewed uh, that you can't really trust any of these numbers and what does that mean how do we ever solve a problem if we don't really know what the truth is you're never more than 60 seconds uh, away where we'll be uh, right back with uh, chad felix green um uh, in just a minute i want to tell you uh, 23 and me we got rafe's uh dna stuff back last night now he's adopted so we didn't have any uh, we had no idea of, of his background at all except we knew that his mother was scottish but that was as far as we got uh he is like 83 percent uk uh i don't know another 10 percent irish i think a little french which i told him we could get we'll have therapy for that <laughs> uh and uh, and german and scandinavian but he is also 0.3 percent african Mm. so he was very excited he said dad i can get into college now <laughs> he can uh, do the soul man movie he can actually remake he can it do that mm-hmm. he has he has more african in him than he does uh than than elizabeth warren has native american <laughs> by so, a lot too yeah, yeah yeah so um so your african son my african son wow, there you uh, go and it's great and we're gonna watch i don't know shaft I don't know what mm. what you what the first African movie I should watch with him. You're so in touch with that culture. I am. I, I am. Yeah. I'm one. Mm-hmm. I'm one. So so anyway, it was really actually very exciting, and it was it was cool to see the things that he's predisposed, and is he a carrier of of different genes, et cetera, mm. et cetera. So it goes into health, and also it goes into uh, who you are and your relatives. I mean, relatives popped up for him yes no relatives that we know of uh but relatives popped up alive today it oh, was wow. amazing amazing 23andme.com go get your free kit i'm sorry it's not your free kit well i mean it is it comes with the anyway get your kit <laughs> uh it's 23andme.com slash beck that's the number 23 and me.com slash Beck. Go there now and join me on this amazing journey. We break for 10 seconds, Station ID. Uh, last night on uh, the news and why it matters, uh, Jason uh, was was in. He's our head researcher, and he and Sarah were talking about um, the stats of hate crimes and how hate crimes include numbers from like prison riots. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy to to be able to quote any of these and have it mean what the public thinks it means. Do you have anything on that, Chad? Did you look into any of those kinds of stats? I tend to focus mostly on LGBT-related um, stats um, because racial and Jewish crimes are a little bit different. I did uh, research into the ADL released a huge surge in anti-Semitism um, last year uh, before we saw more of um what we're seeing today uh, uh, from uh, Congress people and that sort of thing. But, for example, there was... Uh, a Jewish man who had 
personally called in several hundred bomb threats, and each one of those was included as an incident in the yeah, ADL's uh, in the in the ADL's uh, uh, numbers. And you know, I was looking at I don't know if you remember there was a young man uh, his name was. Uh, Seth Owen, and the headline that we saw for a while was uh, he was kicked out of his home for being gay, and he was now homeless, and, and he was a gay valedictorian. He wanted to go to college. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I researched that, and um, the truth was that he was 18 when the story happened. He actually came out when he was 15. Uh, he just disagreed with his parents' church's uh, view on homosexuality, and he left on his own. But because of the story that he said, I was kicked out, I was rejected by my family, he got $50,000 from donors, he got a free ride to college, and Ellen uh, invited him on the stage and celebrated him as an LGBT hero. There's a huge benefit, personally, to every minority, but specifically to LGBT, to be able to say, I survived Mm. the hate in this country. And it's become so important that to say, I've never experienced a hate crime like me. Uh, is devalued. It's much you're, hmm. you, you receive social benefit uh, to saying I survived a hate crime. And one of the things that I always point out is, if we have such a small amount of reporting, how is it that so many LGBT activists will very loudly say that they have experienced multiple hate crimes in their mm-hmm. lifetime mm-hmm. when? It's, it just simply is impossible. We're, we're talking about 1,200 people out of, you know, 325 million. That's a, it's, it's interesting, Chad, because I think the Jesse, Jesse Smollett story, a lot of people on, on the conservative side have taken, you know, the media doing a terrible job with it, which is certainly a big part of the story. But I think this developing incentive to climb up the intersectionality ladder and show how you know show victimhood has become the the trophy you go for in the society and and those incentives i think are are even a bigger story than anything the media is doing absolutely um when when he released this story and 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 i've said that i don't i didn't necessarily judge people who immediately stood up for him or who sympathized with him because that's just human compassion Mm -hmm. Once we started to see things that were problematic and they started to be bullies and yell at people who questioned or asked questions, that's when I started to be frustrated. But the truth is is that once this story came out, dozens and dozens and dozens of activists and celebrities and politicians all suddenly poured out their love to this person. Mm -hmm. And that is, from a human perspective, that is a very difficult thing to to be strong enough to walk away from it. Imagine the whole world telling you how brave you are and how wonderful you are and how you are the voice of a generation, mm-hmm. uh, the human rights campaign and Chad Griffin's the, uh, the president of the largest LGBT organization, you know, is, is thank you. You speak for all of the uh, queer POC people in the world and in America, all the, all the kids who face hate every day who don't have a voice can now feel safe because you have a voice. That's a very intoxicating mm-hmm. position to be in that the left is so used to people not questioning them that it, it seems like a very easy thing to go after. And I'll, and I'll be honest. I believe that uh, very often they believe these things are true, even though they set it up. There's this mindset in their head of, 
I'm just acting out what I know is happening every day because I have the power to bring it to light. Even though it didn't happen to me specifically, yep. I am bringing a voice to it because I know that it's happening everywhere. Yep. So what do you think will happen to him in the gay community? We only have a, a one minute. Do you think Jussie is going to pay a price for this or are they going to give him a soft landing? I think we're going to, I'm surprised by the, the sort of the negative you know, the kind of, I can't believe he did this. The truth is, is that everyone is sort of baffled and hurt, but they're switching it to, look how excited conservatives are to pounce, and <laughs> this doesn't mean hate crimes aren't real. And I believe that that's, I think that whatever happens to him legally, he'll probably fade away, but the story is going to be more focused on, this just shows us how important it is to fight real hate crimes. Hmm. Thank you so much. Chad Felix Green from The Federalist, a uh, great reporter and, and a great guest. Thank you so much for being on again with us, Chad Felix Green. All right. Coming up, guns and background checks. You're listening to Glenn Beck. If you're in constant pain, I know what that's like. I know how grating it is. Um, constant pain, it, Pat. He's been, ever since I've known Pat, he's been in constant pain. Ever since I've known Pat, mm. he's been in constant pain. Um, and I don't know how he does it. In fact, we have the same pain doctor and his, you know, I talked to the doctor and he's like, it's like, Pat's really bad. And he's like, I don't know how he lives in it. He's a pain doctor. I don't know how he lives in it. Um, so we know, we know, we know what it feels like. I w- started taking Relief Factor, um, and uh, I have my pain dramatically reduced. It has dramatically helped me. It helps about seventy percent of the people that try it. That's why they say it'll work in three weeks. If it doesn't, it, you're not your body's not going to adapt to it. So just try it for three weeks. ReliefFactor.com. Get your life back. Get out of pain. ReliefFactor.com. Order now. If you want to get all the voices from across the conservative spectrum, join the Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Beck. Use the promo code Beck for 10 bucks off. Small business owners, do you need help managing cash flow, hiring employees, purchasing inventory? Getting access to capital from traditional banks is incredibly challenging and time-consuming for small business owners. But here's the solution. On Deck. On Deck is 100% committed to small business owners with fast, easy, and tailored financing. Get funding in as fast as 24 hours with term loans up to $500,000 and lines of credit up to $100,000. The application process is simple and won't impact your personal credit. On Deck has lent over $10 billion to over 80,000 small business owners and carries a 9.8 out of 10 rating on Trustpilot and an A-plus rating with the BBB. If you're a small business owner and need quick access to capital, go to ondeck.com slash blaze right now. As a listener to this podcast, you'll receive a free consultation with one of their U.S.-based loan specialists. Get approved online or by phone in just minutes. Go to ondeck.com slash blaze. That's O-N-D-E-C-K dot com slash blaze for your free consultation now. I just uh, just read a tweet from uh, Kirsten Powers. She's uh, she's got a string of tweets, but this is the, the most important. I spent I spent the last few weeks in a mostly Twitter free zone to spend time reflecting on what role I may have played in what has indisputably become a dangerous, toxic culture. I am not proud of what I have found. 
Five years ago, I asked, will anyone in the press do this and take responsibility for what they have done? I'll take responsibility for what I done. Will you even look at yourself? She's the first person to do it that I know of. And uh, I would like we disagree on a lot of things, but I would love to have her on and talk to her about this journey that she has made uh, herself. I think that's hats off hats off. All right. I want to introduce you to uh, uh, somebody. Um, uh, Shana Lopez uh, Rivas is a, a gun rights activist. And she was she has a, a rather dicey story at the beginning. She was against uh, guns and she had she said she had all kinds of misconceptions, um, you know, from the gun control groups that she kind of hung out with. Uh, but something happened that changed her mind. And she has written a great uh, article for the Miami Herald. Uh, the latest gun background check legislation would not have stopped the Parkland tragedy. In fact, it does so much more. Uh, than that and Shana is joining us now hello Shana how are you hi um, I'm doing great good Um, thanks for having me on you bet Shana for those of you who don't know uh, can you give us a a a a a brief uh, look at what happened to you I'm sorry I'm so uncomfortable even asking you to go through this Uh, but can can you talk about what happened to you of course uh, no problem I am In 2014, I was on my college campus trying to, um, I was going to study at the library that night. Uh, Finals were just a couple weeks away. And um, instead of studying, I ended up being attacked and raped on my college campus. Um, He had a knife. I had pepper spray. It didn't really work out for me. And so from that night, I made a promise to myself that I was never going to be a victim again. And I started um, just delving into self-defense training and um, came up came up with um, firearms training and have not really looked back since. Right. Um, and now you are talking to friends and, and you become a gun rights activist uh, with some credibility behind you. Uh, and uh, you just uh, just took a friend to uh, a uh, a shooting range. Uh, who was, what, neutral on guns, or what were their opinion on guns when you went? Yeah, um, I have a lot of friends that are just not either neutral on guns, not very comfortable around guns. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of always just put out this standing notice, essentially, to, to everyone in my own network that, hey, like, if you, you know, if you want firearms safety training, like, we don't, you don't have to agree with with um, guns, you don't have to ever touch a gun again, but if you just want, you know, basic safety and knowledge of how to use one, I have no issue teaching, teaching you that. Mm -hmm. And so I took my friend who was, I wouldn't say she was anti-gun, but she wasn't very pro-gun out to the range. Um, And she absolutely fell in love with it. She loved every minute she was out there. So um, I I ended up writing about it for the Miami Herald because of, um, HRA and how that would essentially impact her training in the future. This is amazing. Now, this is called the Bipartisan Background Checks Act of 2019 or HR 8. Uh, and it's supposed to make sure that gun safety, this is just bipartisan, common sense gun safety, except it's not. Explain what it will do. So, HRA is 
um, is what the bipartisan background checks bill is. Um, it does not actually, uh, one of the worst things that it does, is it does not define transfer, but essentially um, it bans any private transfer of a firearm to um, from one individual to another. So essentially, um, in, in the example in the article that I gave, I took my friend out to the, to the shooting range. If I wanted to lend her a firearm so she could go back and like, continue to train on her own, um, it would essentially make me a criminal if I didn't first go to a federal firearms license dealer and get a background check done on her, even though she's a close friend and I know her well. I know she's not a criminal. I know she's not going to hurt herself or others, but it would essentially make it illegal, punishable by up to um, a $1,000 fine or a year in prison. And there's no excuse for ignorance on this. Um, No, none. And would it ban would it ban you from taking her to um, a shooting range yourself and handing her the gun? Like, for instance, automatic weapons. Uh, I have some fully automatic weapons and they take all kinds of special license and everything else. It's a nightmare to get through. But I cannot hand that weapon to somebody else unless they're on my license. So if I just said, look at this, and I handed it to a friend, I could go to jail. I'd go to prison for that. Does this, does, does H.R. 8 go that far? Do you know? Um, H.R. 8 originally did go that far. However, um, in order to essentially circumvent people from saying, like, that's what it's going to be, um, the, the Democrats and the people that had written the bill essentially changed it to include a sense it basically makes very few exceptions um but it it essentially covers only the transfer the actual transfer of the firearm when you are not there okay so essentially but the problem is it really doesn't define the word transfer at all mm -hmm. though so in theory yes it could um include that i did there's nothing better than you know really important laws that are cryptic um it also you say will not stop criminals from stealing firearms getting them on the black market or getting them through straw purchasers no um it won't in fact there was a study that showed that 90 percent of criminals um get their guns through illicit methods essentially and uh and it doesn't stop any of those methods um this H.R. 8 was also, um, they put this bill in markup the day before the Parkland shooting anniversary. Mm. And um, the most ironic part about that is that this bill would not have stopped Parkland in any way if it was passed then. Like, at all. It would have had no impact on it because the um, person that committed that horrible act passed a background check anyway. Can can you tell me, how many many how many guns uh, are being used by uh, by criminals uh, or killers that have borrowed a gun from their friend? Do you have any idea? Um, I don't. I don't know the actual like number for that, but I did re- recently read a study. It was um, I think in the Journal of Preventative Medicine that essentially like showed that ninety percent of of criminals they did a survey of um, inmates that had been put in prison for firearm gun related crimes. And they said that in like 90% of them said that they did not get, they, they got it essentially from those off the book meme, um, means where like somebody knew who they were and gave it to them as a gift anyway, even though that's illegal. Um, or they 
stole it or um, otherwise were given, um, shared it with other like gang members, that sort of thing. So you're talking about like the majority of criminals are getting their guns from like illicit means anyway. They are not going to follow the law anyway. What are the odds HRH, uh, HR8 passes? In the House, I think it'll pass. Yeah. Um, in the Senate, I don't know. And I would really hope that if it did pass in the Senate, that President Trump wouldn't sign it into law. But, um, you know, I have concerns there, too. So, uh, Shana, uh, thank you so much for turning something bad in your life into something good and uh, and uh, and and then sharing that with the rest of the world. Um, and thank you for standing up as an activist to protect the Second Amendment. I appreciate it. Thanks, Shana. Thank you so much. You bet. Uh, you can follow her, uh, Noel for Justice. Noel for Justice. I'm always amazed at the combination of strange stances that goes on sometimes in this country. For example, you know, we're in the middle of watching Venezuela crumble, mm-hmm. and then we have all these new socialists here in this country. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Same thing here in that you, you have a, a Democratic Party that is against firearms in basically every single case. They want to get rid of them. There are now uh, one of the candidates just announced her support for a um, semi-automatic weapon ban. That's not a, that's not but the quote unquote assault weapon. That's basically every gun that anyone owns. That's any that's any gun that that, uh, you know, has gas that 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 reloads. Right. So, you, I mean, it's it's over. What was it? Ninety percent of guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's yeah. basically everything um, at the same time. They tell us constantly that the Me Too is almost every woman is being harassed, maybe assaulted. One in four women are, are raped on campus. We hear well, all of these things that go on. No, it's no. like, wouldn't you combine that with empowering a woman no. with the one thing that can take down a guy who's trying no. to assault her? No. 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 Here's why. Mm. Because women just, they'll have the, take, the gun taken from them. Okay? So the guy is too powerful. Women cannot defend themselves. Hard They're to walk through weak. bullets, Glenn. Really hard. No, the, that's the, it'll be used against them. Studies show, Stu, that most people that have a gun have it turned against them. Oh, really? Is that what studies show? That's what studies show. Studies show it, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, I'd rather have the opportunity to to actually be able to defend myself. Yeah. And I think women would like that as mm-hmm. well. And they, anybody they who, choose to. And anybody who has a gun and then has it uh, turned against them... It's only because you weren't willing to pull the trigger, and that's because you haven't right. thought about it enough. Yeah, you need, you do need to train. For you have sure. to train. I mean, it, look, some someone could come up from behind you, and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. There's certainly but, instances. But it's not going to work. The every way time. they the way they say, well, women will just have the gun taken from, is because you're too stupid to use a gun. Yeah, it's you don't talking know. Down to women. Yeah, you're t- you're you're going to say stop, stop, and and not really want to fire the gun. That's the only way. If I know my wife, she is a great shot, and I know my wife will take that gun and she'll look at somebody at the hallway that's coming down towards the bedroom or towards the kids, and she will say, I have a gun, I'm prepared to shoot, move one more step toward us, and you will be shot. And that person moves one step, and she will shoot them. Nobody's going to take that gun away from my wife. She will shoot you first. And that's the, that's the problem. A gun by itself is nothing. It's a tool. If you've never, I mean, you should see me with tools. Using a hammer, it ain't pretty. Because I don't ever practice using a hammer. And you're not a man, right? I, well, mm-hmm. no, I. 
you have no well, characteristics of a I'm not a protected class, so I can't say anything about that hateful. Well, if you're know, not observation, if, if I'm if I'm correct, then you are a protected class. Because I'm a <laughs> woman. Be, you well, you'd be you'd be maybe transitioning. <laughs> and uh, anyway, you have to when you have a tool, you have to learn how to use it. Of course, you have to learn how to use it. And y- you are absolutely right. This this back and forth gymnastics that you have to do to be a modern day social justice warrior or progressive or socialist is insane. You have to deny that what's happening in in Venezuela is happening because of socialism. This is the way socialist countries always end. It is not Sweden. That is not a socialist country. That is a free market with a heavy welfare state put into it. It's not socialism. Venezuela, Cuba, that's socialism. So you have to deny your eyes there. You have to say women are powerful, but the gun will be taken away from them. Women are smart enough and they're good enough to be in the army, but they'll have the gun taken away from them. <laughs> I mean, why do we have women in our armed forces if they're going to have the gun taken away from them? It's insulting. It's totally insulting. Totally insulting. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is uh, Norton VPN. This is an amazing. Uh, there is a um, a new study out that found 92% of Americans have potentially put their personal information at risk while using public Wi-Fi. Have you ever used public Wi-Fi, Stu? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah every, I mean, did. I think everybody has at some point or another, yeah. but it's risky. You're in a hotel and you're like, no, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, the Marriott uh, Wi-Fi. It's secure. It's got a password. Oh, okay. Well, you're totally fine. Then. You see, you see that sometimes when you go search for a, a Wi-Fi network, and the, the whatever the place you're in, you'll see one pop up that's unprotected. Mm-hmm. But it's just the same name as the place you're in. It's someone else mm-hmm. trying to get you to connect to their little network so they can uh, look at all your stuff. It hap- I've seen that a million times. I mean, and you know that's that's uh, very common. That's why you do need to take steps. So, um, personal email accounts. Social media account, bank account, uh, work emails, all of these can be accessed if you're on a public Wi-Fi. You need Norton security. Now, Norton's been in the business protecting uh, information and protecting systems for such a long time. They now have the Norton.com slash VPN. A VPN is a virtual private network. So whenever you watch, and I know this sounds like, oh, we don't need one of those. Yes, you do. You know when you watch those shows where they're like, where's the call coming from? Where's the computer based? And they're, they're watching the map and it's bouncing all over. So it's in Sweden. It's in Finland. That's what, a, that's what a VPN is. So Facebook, Google, nobody can trace you. They can't track you because you're on a different computer to them all the time. It's really easy to use. It starts about three thirty-three a month. You just download it. You log in once, and it provides you with your online privacy and security. I want you to go to Norton.com slash VPN. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Do it now. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Coming up in just a few minutes on the Glenn Beck program, we are going to uh, we're going to bring in Justin Wheeler, who is uh, 
our chief researcher for financial uh, stuff. And um, I want to talk to him about a couple of things uh, that are going on. One, uh, the incredible spike in defaults of people's auto loans and what that's going to mean for the economy. We know some people that you know, are fed level that have said that's the thing to watch for. So we'll talk about that. Also, Goldman Sachs, and is it really a good business idea to cure disease? You're listening to Glenn Beck. Homeowners, beware. A data breach exposed 24 million of all of us to home title fraud. Title fraud is something that we didn't even know about. I mean, it's crazy. Nobody is watching this. Banks can't watch. Nobody can watch it because the titles are all kept in this, you know, digital vault, if you will. And there's only one company that stands right at the doorway. So when a title is transferred, it's pulled out of this digital vault and then changed and then put back into the digital vault. Well, the home title lock stands right there. So everything passes through them. They see everything that's going through. And if yours is a title that is protected, they immediately pull that title out and say, wait a minute, let's check. Can I just go to any company to do this for me, though, Glenn? You know, there's nobody else that does that, Stu, but thanks for asking that question. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are exclusive HomeTitleLock.com. We get your free title scan and report. It's a $100 value. Find out if this has happened to you. Find out if this has happened to your parents. HomeTitleLock.com. But is there a website? Yeah, HomeTitleLock.com. Where would I go on the internet to find this? HomeTitleLock.com. That's what I was trying to say. Oh. Back in a minute. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I want to have a serious conversation with you for just a couple of minutes here on uh, the economy and how things are changing and what we need to be aware of. If you care about uh, your own personal economy, which I think we all do, you know, your job and your future, uh, but also if you care about this election, it really revolves around the economy holding together. Will it? There's some troubling signs, and we want to talk to you about them and what it means to you in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I have to tell you, I I love to paint, um, and I've been painting more and more, and Relief Factor has allowed me to paint. Um, there's a, a painting I just, I just painted a few weeks ago um, that uh, I... I, I it says social justice underneath. And uh, my hands were shaking so bad from the pain that I couldn't. If you look up at it close, you can see how, it's, how, how bad it is. Uh, and uh, there are times that I just have to put the paintbrush down. Um, but I will tell you, Relief Factor has helped me enormously. Helped me enormously. Where uh, just a year ago... I couldn't even pick up a paintbrush. I, I think I've told you before, I can't write a letter more than like half a page anymore. Yeah, we've had issues when, I mean, you're kind of famous for doing chalkboards where you're writing on camera. Yeah. And that's been a problem in several shows where yeah. it hasn't been possible really. Yeah. Uh, not lately though. So uh, Relief Factor has helped me a great deal. If you're in constant pain, try it, please. It works for 70% of the people. 70% of the people who try it, they go on to order it month after month after month. 
that they do this quick trial, this three week trick quick trial, because they know if it doesn't kick in after three weeks, if it's not working for you, it's not going to. And so they encourage you just try it. And so they give you a special price on the three week quick trial. Try it. You'll be out 20 bucks if it doesn't work, but you'll get your life back and do the things you want to do if it does relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384 800-500-8384 or relieffactor.com New York Times uh, Charles Blow admits uh, Smollett could be an insane psychopath which wow that's kind of a turnaround uh, Farrakhan news on him and what he said about Congressman or two Congressman Omar. It's pretty amazing. We'll give that audio, audio to you. By the way, still has a blue check mark still on Twitter. Uh, Louis Farrakhan. Does he have a blue check mark? I know he's on Twitter for sure. Yeah, he might have lost his blue yeah, check mark. Like which, did, yeah. you know, now it's crushing. It's crushing. Soul crushing. Yeah, you know yeah, who probably yeah. did it? The Jews. Dirty Jews. Probably the Jews did it. Yeah, dirty Jews. You mm-hmm. wait till you hear what he says about the quote dirty Jews. Uh, we'll have that coming up. I wanted to bring in our um, our our senior researcher on uh, economics, uh, Justin Wheeler. Justin um, is working on several projects uh, for me that all revolve around the economy because the economy is the key to everything. You want to make sure that we don't have socialism, protect the economy. You want to make sure that we don't have a socialist president in 2020, protect the economy. Um, you want to make sure you are, are secure, protect the economy, know what's coming. And I saw a disturbing uh, story that there is a huge spike in in auto loan defaults. Now, uh, Danielle DiMartino Booth, who was a researcher for the Fed, she was really important here in the Dallas Fed. Uh, she said that's the thing that she's really watching, and she was waiting for this spike, and we just saw a real spike. Can you explain it, Justin? Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, so, yeah, more than 7 million uh, current auto loans are in default, which is defined as greater than 90 days delinquent in making their payments. And it's important to note that does not include leases. So leases mm. are also in as bad a shape. Um, they just don't count those in the number because it's not an auto loan. It's a lease and the, the car company still owns the vehicle. So to put this into perspective, 7 million are, thir- are 90 days or longer in default. Uh, and in 2010, I think, was, this, was the real height of the auto, line, auto loan crisis. Remember, it's 2011, cash for, I think it was. 2011. 2011 it, remember the cash for clunkers and all of that stuff. Uh, when uh, that had a huge spike, and that was only 5.6 million, I think. Right, we're 1.3 million more in default today than we were at the at the height of that uh, crisis. In the middle of a good economy, too, uh, on its surface, right? Like this is not like a we're not in a theoretical crisis at this moment. You know, unemployment's low, uh, things have improved, lots of good indicators. And yet we still are ha- have more people in default on their auto loans. That's that's terrifying. Why? So here's why. Um, there's a couple of things that, that are just, uh, which should seem very familiar if you, if you were with us in 2008 and 2009. Um, 40% of auto loans made in the last two years were made to subprime borrowers. Oh, my gosh. 40%. Just the 40%, though. Yeah. That's no At the height of, of wrong yeah, 2006, us. 2007, leading into the housing crisis, 14% of home loans were made to subprime. So we're at 40% in auto. 14% was the height of home loans made to subprime. So, so 
Danielle says this is this is our undoing. She said this is the this is the little teeny pebble that's going to spurt out of the dam that's going to make the whole thing come down. Uh, very well could be. It's definitely a key leading economic indicator that everyone should be watching very closely. Um, and there's one other reason to point out um, the most popular vehicles to purchase in the United States today are trucks and SUVs. And that's great. Uh, I own an SUV. I think they're fantastic to to drive around in. Um, those vehicles tend to cost 50% more than your average sedan, mm. and they cost 35% more to operate and maintain over their lifespan. So Americans, compared to 2011, are buying more expensive vehicles, and they're buying vehicles that cost them more to run the whole time they have it. So it's no wonder that we have more uh, vehicle loans and auto loans that are in default today. So uh, how does this... How does this spread? What when when you see a number like this? Does this does our economic defcon go up? Uh, I I think it does significantly, and certainly our um, this should act as a canary in the coal mine. We really should be paying close attention to this from our for our own economy. Uh, one other one other thing to point out when we're looking at auto loans, it's worse in other countries. So yes, we have millions of auto loans, and that's that are GMAC. That's, and, oh, that's exactly right. You right. look at the companies that are impacted by this. It's, it's not. It's not banks. It's the car companies. It's GMAC was allowed to become a bank, and so they make all of the car loans. Not all of them, but you know they're big. If if the auto loan industry goes down the tank. It doesn't matter if their car industry, their car making thing was good. That impacts the entire company. Yeah. And imagine what happens to those pensions at those companies again uh, with that type of impact. But there is good news. Okay. So 7 million auto loans in default, 8 million student loans are in default. <laughs> and the that's good news good is, news. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's it, that's only 20% of all student loans are in default. Uh, so it's not that bad. It's expected to increase to 40% of all student loans being in default by the time our next president is sworn in. So just over the next couple of years. And here's your pitch for free college. Oh, right? my I mean, this gosh. is when the Bernie Sanders plan came out today. It's going to oh be free college, uh, well, student debt relief. Right? Why, why did that? Why did that suddenly spike? Um, I mean, because th- th- there was the what was called a conspiracy theory. Uh, but as as we play over and over again with healthcare, it's not a conspiracy. It's not a Trojan horse. It's just right there. It's I'm telling it. you. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the theories was is that they wanted to be able to drive people into debt, debt you could not wash away, and then say, well, we're going to create a program uh, like AmeriCorps, and you're going to work for AmeriCorps. You're going to serve. Now they well, they want to crush any college that wants to do that themselves and say hey look we will pay for your college it's like an apprentice program but you're going to work for us for three years afterwards uh yeah the government doesn't like that but they'll do it with this sure absolutely they'll do it for themselves i mean just think back to um what we went through with the adoption of obamacare so obamacare if you recall had about a 62 even with all the new taxes even with the subsidies uh coming from higher wage earners Um, had about a $62 billion a year shortfall. So the government had a really clever plan to cover that shortfall, and that was the government took over the student lending industry. Instead of backing the loans made by banks, the government just started lending directly to students. And the income that the government was going to make on the interest paid by those students on their loans would cover the $62 billion shortfall. So we do have this entire generation now. Uh, The average college student is graduating college today with $41,000 of debt 
to the government. That is the average mm. uh, senior graduation uh, debt ratio. Um, and with 40% of those expected to be in default in the next three years, uh, that means that the dollars that are supposed to be flowing into the government's coffers to cover Obamacare disappears. That money's gone. Obamacare also will not be fully funded because student loans are supposed to be what's funding Obamacare. You said you had good news? Oh, I'm sorry. I hadn't gotten to that yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The U.S. Farm Belt is experiencing bankruptcy rates that are 75% higher than at the height of the Great Recession. Okay, and that's that's tied directly to the trade war. Yes. It it, it is. There's actually another component I want to bring up, though. Uh, This is... this, in a way, this really is a good thing. Over the last few years, we've talked about this several times on the show. Uh, Pinker has it in his book, obviously, and we've we've had him on. Um, we have lifted two billion people globally out of poverty over the last uh, twenty years. Uh, just in the last eight years, um, five hundred million new uh, people have been lifted out of par- poverty globally, primarily through farming. So what America did is we took our technology and we took our apparatus and we took our uh, great technologies around getting water to where it needs to be and we taught the world how to farm. Well, that has dramatically suppressed the prices of soy and corn and rice and 15 other crops. Because they can grow there. Because now they can grow them there. Which is good. That's fantastic. It's It's good. It's wonderful. But it does have a direct impact, obviously, on U.S. farmers who used to be the primary producers of those crops globally. Um, and now they are coming from other countries closer to where they are being imported into places like China and Australia. Um, and then you t- tack on top of that the tariffs and the impact of the Trump tariffs, the retaliatory retaliatory tariffs that get put on by those uh, other countries, mm-hmm. Mexico, China, uh, chief among those. And you have a dramatic suppression of prices uh, for U.S. farmers. That's okay. The, that was good the good news. news. Okay. <laughs> that was the good news. Okay. Well, so, 500, you know, I got to say 500 million people lifted out of poverty in eight years. No, it's it good. probably overshadows everything and, else we'll talk about today. And, and so, you know what? You that is the kind of good news that we're going to be having for the next 10 years, because there are going to be so many things that are really tremendous, but are going to cause a lot of pain in the shift of this economy as we as we totally change to a high tech economy. Um, I, I want to ask you one thing um, when we come back. There was a uh, a report done in Goldman Sachs, and it was on biotech. And it asked the question. Let's see if I have it because I don't want to I don't want to misquote it. Is curing patients a sustainable business model? This one is disturbing or. It's exactly what you would expect Goldman Sachs to do in a good way. And I want to talk about that and tell you what this report says and what they're trying to settle in one minute. I don't buy uh, new cars. Um, I don't buy any new cars anymore because I just don't think it's I just don't think it's worth it. Um, it's just a, a foolish thing. I think you, you pay so much and you drive it off the lot and then few years later you come back and you're like hey i want to get another new car and they're like well that one's lost a you're like wait what i really took care of this car i mean it really nope doesn't matter not a good investment not a good investment just a really bad investment anyway um so what i do is i buy old cars and then uh i have car shield car shield will give you the warranty that you need if your car has 5000 to 150000 miles on it you can get car shield to cover it Car uh, uh, car shield is um, it's like fire insurance. 
Except the fire is that little light that says check engine service. And you're like, what? No, I don't No, I don't. And then you go in and it's a couple thousand dollars. Well, most people cannot afford a couple of thousand dollars repair to their car unexpectedly. That'll wipe you out. That's why Car Shield is here. So 1-800-CAR-6100. 1-800-CAR-6100. Use the promo code back and you're going to save, I think, 10% at carshield.com. Carshield.com. Promo code back. 10 seconds. Station ID. So in a biotech research report for Goldman Sachs, they talked about curing drugs and it says treatments for hepatitis C. This is one of their examples, which achieved cure rates of more than 90 percent. The company U.S. sales for these hepatitis C treatments peaked at twelve point five billion in 2015, but they've been falling ever since. Goldman estimates the U.S. sales for these treatments will be less than four billion dollars a year, according to the table in the report. Guild, the company that made this, is a case in point where the success of hepatitis C franchise has gradually exhausted the available pool of treatable patients. In the case of infectious diseases such as hepatitis C, curing existing patients also decreases the number of carriers able to transmit the virus to new patients. So is curing patients a sustainable business model? That's an uncomfortable question. (laughs) The potential to deliver one-shot cures is one of the most attractive aspects of gene therapy, genetically engineered cell therapy, and gene editing. However, such treatments offer a very different outlook with regard to recurring revenue versus chronic therapies. While this proposition carries tremendous value for patients and society, it could represent a challenge for genome medicine developers looking for sustained cash flow. How do you look at that, Justin? You talk a lot about, um, you know, don't fear AI, fear the algorithm. Yes. Um, imagine you developed an algorithm that said maximize profits. That's all it said. That The goal of that algorithm was just maximize profits. The end result would be exactly this summation. They would say, curing people reduces our capacity to make profits, therefore don't, don't cure anyone. That's what the algorithm would determine. Mm-hmm. It would make that determination. Um, the great news is, uh, the, so far, the economy is still run by human beings. Um, uh, in, uh, in the banking sector a few years ago, an algorithm developed a underwriting model for financial transactions for loans. Uh, and the algorithm again was about maximizing profits and reducing defaults, reduce risk in the portfolio. And the algorithm came back and said, don't lend to minorities. That's basically what it said. Yeah. Don't lend to blacks and Hispanics. They default more often. But of course we ignored the algorithm and we actually increase our lending to uh, blacks and Hispanics. Um, we have we have a separate set of goals uh, morally as human beings, so it's not surprising that a financial analyst could come up with that type of summary. Uh, this isn't an algorithm that wrote this. If, this it, is a, it, hey, for all I know, a, it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, but I mean, if the if the if the pharmaceutical company writes that, you got a big problem, right? If that's the way a pharmaceutical company is thinking, sure, that's a problem. I mean, what is Goldman Sachs other than essentially an algorithm to figure out how to make profits off of different industries? Mm-hmm. So the fact that they are ana- analyzing it that way, the same way they would say, hey, if a war breaks out, these defense contractors will increase their profits. That's not saying they're rooting for war. 
That's just saying, like, the reality is this could be an issue if you're thinking about investing in these particular medical stocks. So here's the problem. You know, just as Eisenhower said, you have to be very aware of a military industrial complex that will have its roots everywhere. And it will be it will be motivated to take us places that the American people may not be motivated to take us. The same thing could be said here. We are we are now at an algorithm industrial complex to where you could easily surrender to these algorithms and say we've got to maximize things. And because we're we're getting to a place now to where we are going to be talking. Justin, tell me if you think this is unreasonable. I'm going to make it 30 years. Okay. But I don't think most people would hear this even with 30 years and say that's even a possibility. We are looking at approaching a time where 90% of all the things that we suffer from now are no longer a problem. And they're either either no longer in existence or we can replace those body parts and you're just going to, it just won't be a problem. We're 30 years away from that. I think we're about 10 years away from that. Um, but that's going to change the model. Oh, and it absolutely has to. The planned death age today in Social Security in their model is 83 years. So if you're going to live past 83 years, the model entirely breaks down. You guys were talking earlier about unfunded liabilities, and uh, obviously we had to correct Stu on the air. It's $122 trillion currently for, <laughs> for government unfunded liabilities. But if you just fast forward that by four years, and you can do that on the debt clock, you can just say, you know, pick the year you want to look at. Uh, it increases to $157 trillion by the time the next president is sworn in. I mean, that, that's pretty incredible. It, it, we, we jump from $122 trillion to $157 trillion. Why did you smile when you said that? Uh, I like big numbers. Oh, okay. um, and I also want to introduce um, a new word to the human lexicon. If you had asked the average American in 1930 what came after a billion, what number comes after a billion, most of them couldn't have told you. It's a trillion, and now we all know it. Um, what comes after a trillion? Quadrillion. Very good. Mm. Uh, Gold star for both of you. (laughs) The global unfunded liabilities, including government guaranteed pensions globally, is 1.2 quadrillion today. Today. That's what it is today. Today, What did you just say? 1.2. No, what's that number attached to? Total global unfunded liabilities. So this is all governments, including government guaranteed pensions globally, is 1.2 quadrillion today. We, we, wait, we, the global economy is 55 trillion. Isn't that the global GDP? GDP yeah, 50, global, about 55. Uh, it's a little bit more than that, but about trillion, 60, yeah. About 60 trillion dollars. That's what everything is made in a year. Bought, sold, made, everything in a year is 60 trillion dollars. And a, a quadrillion is 1,000 trillions. Th- Houston, get Britain. I think we have a problem. Mm. I think we have a problem. Hey, thanks for that cheery update. Of course. No, it's always good to have you, you here. You, just you to... again, forgot to get to that good news. Yeah. Uh, oh no. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I do have something down here at the bottom. Uh, right. Don't forget, this is the USA. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, oh that's yeah, good. That's yeah, good. That's that's we good. make that's it through good. everything. We're good to go. Uh, we dealt with Hitler. Jeez, we'll yeah. get through this. No I mean, we we can do it. We 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 can do it. I'm just rocking back and forth. We can do it. We can do it. It's fine. We can do it. You're listening to Glenn Beck. 
actually, we can do it if we set our minds to it and we we look at the problem. Then Americans will invent their way out of it and find a way. Uh, LifeLock. LifeLock. You don't have to use, you know, long, complex passwords with, you know, 20 random mixed characters, uh, you know, to, to, to be able to get online. You don't have to do that. Latest data breach affects emails and passwords. 2.2 billion accounts. <laughs> Two point, that's like the half the globe. Yeah, and then nuts. 2.2 billion accounts. Uh, that's mm. the latest data breach. And that means set your ID, your passwords, everything can be out there. Here's what you need. LifeLock.com. You get LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Uh, th- nobody can protect you against all identity theft, but these guys are the best in the business. So call LifeLock. See if they will detect the things that you might miss on your own. LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK or 1-800-LIFELOCK. LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Coming up, we have a CBS reporter who's criticizing the media for being too liberal. Uh, also, uh, some new comments from some of the crazy candidates in 2020 on the way. I want to take this uh, call real quick from Bruce in Ohio. We were just talking about uh, this Goldman Sachs um, uh, biotech research report that that asks, is curing patients really a sustainable business model? Should we be in the business of, you know, gene therapy when that will be a one-time cost instead of people being sick for the rest of their lives? Really uh, harsh and ugly. Bruce in Ohio. Welcome. Hey, Glenn. This is Bruce in Ohio. Hey, um, I, I can't tell you how uh, what a privilege it is to be on your program. Thank you. And to talk to you. I mean, I've listened to you. For a long, long time. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm a tradesman. I'm working on the job every day, listening to you the first uh, three hours of the day. Thank you. I so, never yeah, listen to uh, them in contrast. They pay me to listen to this show, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, Bruce, no, but, uh, um, curing yeah. patients, you say, is not a good business model. Uh, n- no, because that's already what we're following. Our, our whole medical industry, our whole pharmaceutical industry, our, our, our politics is all set up on not curing things. Our, our, our whole medical industry right now treats the causes, treats the causes of something. They, they, they treat everything with medications and drugs, but they don't really address what caused people to get in the condition they are. And I'm, t- I'm, I'm as far as I can see, I think it's mostly it's because our food supply. Well, I, I... Instead, of, instead, of, instead of really teaching people how to eat, and getting the, the toxins out of our food supply, we're just treating people with medications because it's repeat business. Because instead of really telling people what, how they can get off these medications, we instead get a repeat customer for the rest of their lives. So, I, Bruce, I, I, I kind of agree with you, um, and I, but I don't think it's a conspiracy on that. I think it is a uh, – I, I think it's the idea that um, – uh, We've got a, such a complex system. The you know the the companies that are making our food are doing trying to maximize the ability to make food for the entire world, and so that food may not be as good for us as it it used to be. Uh, but they're not doing it because they're like we're going to get you hooked on it. Although there are some things about you know the gene splicing with the wheat, and so you know it's a trademark uh, wheat. But even that is. There's more to that story. Um, but I think we are entering a time, if we don't find our moral compass, that the decisions, and we are seeing this now, it's not worth keeping you alive. Turn the machine off. 
Um, and it's never been a problem. Well, it's always been a problem because it's been the free market that has decided that. If you can pay, if you can find somebody to help, if you can raise money, you're going to be able to do that. And that's been unfair. But now we're entering a system to where a an algorithm or a team of doctors will make the decision. And that seems to me more unfair because now it's a group of people that they're just like you. They're making the decision who lives and dies. I don't like that. And that's certainly a, a, a really disturbing question mm -hmm. as we go forward. I, you know, Bruce sounded like a good guy. I totally disagree with every point that he made. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I mean, I think this idea that it's not a good business to get in the idea of uh, of curing diseases. I is think nuts. I mean, yeah. look, I think there's more money to be made on the cure for cancer. Oh, my God. It's it, unbelievable. You get every every we'd be in the trillions of dollars of, of, of yeah. money if you can cure that. And remember, you got to cure it worldwide. There's new things that pop up all the time. There is a it's like one of these things. There's a theoretical amount right of overpopulation that could happen on the globe. Theoretically, it could happen. Who knows? My belief is it will never happen. Mm -hmm. We will never get to a point like that. In fact, we won't even get close to it. Mm -hmm. But in theory, you could say well, these overpopulation people are like, oh, my gosh, like we're going to have so many people. We're not going to have enough resources. Theoretically, you can imagine that the same thing with curing d diseases. If you were to come up with a cure of cancer today, likely you would still there would still be cancer on this earth when you die. Right, like the, well, the, the amount of is, runway you have before that theoretical idea of where they start losing profits is so insanely far down the road. Plus, there's always a hundred million new things to cure. We invent new diseases like every day. All you have to do is just make it a vaccine, and eventually people will say, "I'm not taking that cancer vaccine," <laughs> and it all come back. <laughs> it'll all come back. <laughs> right. and they're raging cancer throughout the the world, and then it'll come back. It's like these things where they say, "Well, they don't, they don't." There's all these new alternative fuels that you can fuel your car for nothing, but they don't want those things to come true. out the bottom line is when those things do come out and they're reliable the same freaking companies that give you gas today will be the ones supplying it to you in the future and they'll be able to make money because free market rewards things that change people's lives for the positive i was talking to a guy who's in the race car business okay he's in the very high end race car kind of uh you know street legal race car stuff he said uh, there's a couple of major companies that are now going to uh, are now introducing inside the all electric car. Mm. OK, that will compete with Tesla, but on a very high, you know, like the Bugatti size. Yeah, that will stop. They he said to me, I believe that you will see in the next 10 years an end to these engines, combustion engines. Yeah. And it's like, holy cow. I mean, it's, and that's the free market doing that's it. That's the not free the market doing mm -hmm. it. It's the free market I mean, doing you it. Look at, I mean, we've driven a Tesla before that's so, been really a high level Tesla that they brought over here one day. Mm -hmm. And it is, uh, I mean, look, it's faster than any combustion engine I've ever been in. No, it's I've never faster been in a than a Ferrari like yeah. or anything yeah, else. Yeah, pretty much any car, any car in the market yeah. from zero to 60 for sure. It has no gears. Right. It just goes. It just Amazing. goes. It's just there. It's just at the, it's just at the speed almost immediately. Correct. Uh, you know, like those things are incredible innovations at some point. I think that that very well may be the way that we go. It's it's a different, uh, you know, I think Americans still love 
their internal combustion engines. But you know what? These things, cultures change and, and there'll yeah. always be a, a place for them in, in some world. Culture is changing everywhere. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing is there are people, it's already going to come down and change, but there are people that are intent on destroying it right now. Can I switch subjects and go to Farrakhan? Here's Louis Farrakhan uh, on um, Congresswoman Omar. Listen to this. Farrakhan to Omar. Why was he on her? Well, he should get no, off. No. Breaking up every <laughs> pillar of democracy. Because there wasn't no damn democracy from the beginning. No, it's a republic. It needs to be broken up. <laughs> now you got my sisters in there. Oh, 102 women in Congress. Boy, am I happy. And one of them said that she was using some funny language, brother. Miss Omar from Somalia, she started talking about the Benjamins and they trying to make her apologize. I, sweetheart, don't do that. Oh, pardon me for calling you sweetheart, but uh, you do have a sweetheart because you sure using it to shake the government up. You have nothing to apologize for. Israel and APAC pays off senators and congressmen to do their bidding. So you're not lying. So if you're not lying, stop laying down. You were sent there by the people to shake up that corrupt house. Shake it up. It's amazing. He goes on to talk about the dirty Jews and how the dirty Jews are breaking up the women's movement. Uh, and trying to get him to uh, uh, say horrible things. How long is this clip, Sarah? Because I've got 18 seconds. Yeah, just listen to this. Now, the wicked Jews, wicked Jews want right. to use me to break up the woman's movement. It ain't about Farrakhan. It's about women all over the world have the power to change the world. So uh, he's uh, he's still going. He, by the way, he still has an account on Facebook. He can still say all of these things. You can't question on uh, on Twitter whether or not uh, Jesse, what's his name, created a hate crime or committed a a hate crime. Can't say learn to code. God forbid you say learn to code. You're going to get you to lose your account. You can say all of these things. Now, Hmm. there were two two reporters that I think show promise. Uh, that show that maybe, maybe, slightly, a few things are starting to change. And one I mentioned, uh, one I mentioned earlier, and that is Kirsten Powers. Now she is she's the reporter. She was on Fox. She was annoying. Um, <laughs> well, she yeah, she was the yeah. Democrat that was on Fox in all those debates, right? And so it's just like oh, okay, so. Um, but there are a lot of Republicans who are that way uh, as well on on uh, television. Um, but she just tweeted that she has spent time away from social media, and now she has examined her role on what she's done to divide the country, and she said, I don't like the results. Uh, and I find that very, very comforting. And interesting from her, because I would not say she was one of the worst offenders when no, it comes to Democrats on television. I mean, I if either. any, I, I think she was on the better side, generally, of Democratic com- yeah. commentators. Uh, but yeah, she. Yeah, really, I disagree she with did, her, and she was one of those people you're just like frustrated with. Yeah, but it, she she doesn't. She wasn't uh, a flamethrower. And this is a whether she is or not. I mean, just the fact that she's at least examining and and doing is some self positive sign. Reflection. There's also the CBS reporter. Now this is uh, Laura. 
Laura Logan. Laura mm-hmm. Logan. If you remember Laura Logan, she was the one that was raped in uh, Egypt mm. during the uh, during the revolution. The oh. uh, the the, uh, the spring, the Arab, the spring, Arab spring, the glorious Arab yeah. spring that was so wonderful and peaceful. Uh, she was raped in that. Uh, here she is. She's a sixty minutes reporter. I want you to listen to what she said uh, in this uh, in this podcast about reporters. Listen to this. Eighty five percent of journalists are registered Democrats. So that's just a fact, right? No one's registering Democrat when they're rarely a Republican. So the facts are on the side of what you just stated. Most journalists are, are left or liberal or Democrat or whatever word you want to give it. How do you know you're being lied to? How do you know you're being manipulated? How do you know there's something not right with the coverage? When they simplify it all and there's no gray, There's no gray. It's all one way. Well, life isn't like that. For example, you know, all the coverage on Trump all the time is negative. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing, uh, no mitigating policy or event or anything that has happened since he was elected that is out there in the medias that you can read about, right? Well, that tells you that's distortion of the way things go in real life. Because although the media has always been historically always been left-leaning. We've abandoned um, our, our pretense or at least the effort to be objective today. Mm. Unbelievable frankness. And she's absolutely right. It's what I wrote about in um, Addicted to Outrage. I said, if, if you talk to everything that we, everything we watch on Donald Trump, it's all negative. Or it's all absolutely positive. That's not true. McDonald's is the greatest example. There are times that you want McDonald's food. There are other times you're like, no, it'll be all afternoon. And you can say McDonald's has bad food. But if I say to you, yeah, okay, I'll agree with the shake and maybe a couple of things, but their fries are the best. If you can't admit that McDonald's fries are the best, (laughs) there's something wrong with you. There is something wrong with you. Donald Trump is McDonald's. Yeah, there's some bad things, but there's some great things, too. You got to mention both. If not, you're not an honest broker. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about Goldline with the things that we have talked about uh, just recently, just in the last half hour about the economy. Uh, I really, really want you to pay attention to what you're doing on your investments. You have to spread them out. Um, 70% of American wealth is in um, equities or stocks and bonds. 70%. If there is a giant uh, downturn, It'll come back eventually, but we'll be destroyed. Make sure that you spread your risk out. So anything in your 401k, your IRA, you might even be able to put some of that in actual physical gold. Find out all of the information at goldline.com. Call them right now. They're waiting to hear from you. Just ask them for the brochure. Then do your own homework about them and gold and everything else. And then call them back and say, okay, I want to talk to you about how I can take what I already have. And I want to take 10% of it or 5% of it and turn it into physical gold. How do I do that? Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Call them right now. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
All right, we've got a couple of things that we want to we want to hit. Of course, Bernie Sanders, we covered uh, his new, really great and cheap uh, policies. Uh, some of them we didn't really understand. Uh, but we also want to hit the uh, Klobuchar town hall where she supports a semi-automatic gun ban. Now, listen to this. Like New Hampshire, Minnesota uh, is a state that values the outdoors. Uh, we value hunting and fishing. Other states um, and so don't. I come at it from a little different place than some of my colleagues uh, that are running for this office, and that I always look at every proposal and say, would this hurt my Uncle Dick in the deer stand? Um, and I would say that these common sense proposals in front of us do not. Um, I don't see banning assault weapons, right? I don't think that hurts in the deer stand. <laughs> yeah, a, a semi-automatic gun ban takes away about 90% of guns. She phrased it there as a assault weapons ban. Yeah, but what does is, assault weapon right, mean? Exactly. That's gonna, this, this is a semi-automatic. So most handguns now are semi-automatic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Most handguns. Of course. So they're all gone. That's mm-hmm. a ban on that. So what you're left with is a Western style gun. <laughs> I got a six shooter on my side. I, That's I will, what you're left with. I will remind you that Klobuchar too is running as basically the moderate in the race right now. Oh, I know. She's not even the most extreme. Oh, I know. Or even close to it. Oh, I know. Our uh, Democratic primary election model right now has her in fourth place. Who's in first place? Uh, we So we just added Bernie in there. So right now we have first place is Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Just a just a, a tick ahead of Bernie Sanders. Those are the two top tier. The next tier would have Cory Booker, then A.B. Klobuchar, then Elizabeth Warren. Next tier is uh, Julian Castro, Kirsten Gillibrand, Tulsi Gabbard, and then we're down to Buddha Judge, Will Williams, and Yang Delaney. Buddha and Yang are Buddha Judge. He's the Buddha mayor of. Uh, oh, that's, that's two. That's two. That's that's the last name. That's not two names. Not Buddha Judge. No, that would be a good name. Yeah, Buddha Mr. Judge. Judge. No, it's Buddha Judge. Pete Buddha Judge. Pete Buddha Judge. Which I don't know why he's not running on the impeach Kavanaugh because Buddha Judge. It's in his name. You just say, "Hey, I'm Buddha Judge, and I'm going to boot that judge." Like that's a great. People would actually <laughs> recognize him. I don't think it will help no. his campaign. I don't. I don't think Buddha Judge is going to make it. But you can. You're listening to Glenn Beck.